Hello, Soul Family. I'm your host, Sal Buller, and welcome to Awaken with Sal, a global podcast, your vibrational connection for the body, mind, and spirit, devoted to spiritual awakening, consciousness expansion, sacred empowerment, energy healing, and much, much more. So honored to be here with all you divine beings today. Before we dive in, remember to head over to saltheawakener.com for a free meditation download and share your email to receive my new ebook and stay connected for future offerings and monthly interactive virtual community gatherings available to you all free of charge. Our guest today is John. John gained his MA in psychology and human behavior, but then pursued a career in information systems, becoming a European head of IT for a market-leading multinational. In parallel, for over 30 years, he explored personal self-development and alternative approaches to health. These two strands of interest converged over time, such that now John works both as a consultant trainer and mentor in organizational development and as an individual and couples coach. A key element in his convergence was learning about the spiral dynamics model of human psychology development. John has become a leading expert and trainer in the theory and its application, not only in organizations, but also in individuals, including the guidance it offers for parents as presented in his book, Seven Stage Parenting. Welcome, John. Thank you, Sal. Lovely to be here. Yes. Well, it's so nice and it's been so, so long. Uh, we did have you in our um, uh, first season and I thought we're going to bring John back and just have it so that people actually get reacquainted with your work. So for the listening audience, what is Spiral Dynamics? So Spiral Dynamics is quite a full-on theory and luckily we won't need to know uh, too much about it for for this conversation but it covers the way that people think what what they value in their lives and how that causes them to make their choices and how those different value systems drive corporate development, how it's driven human evolution, how it drives societies. It's quite a big package, but we can keep it pretty simple when talking about parenting. Right, right. Now, spiral dynamics, is that kind of uh, based on some some of like what David Hawkins' work was? Is it more of that, you know, looking at vibrations, frequencies, and how the mind works? And then going into how we can change, is that kind of, is it kind of like that? I'm not sure if you're familiar with his work. Yeah, I am familiar with his work. I even uh, went to events with him in back in the days when he was around. Um, yeah. But Spiral Dynamics is very different. It is, it is much more about uh, our psychological nature, the way that we think and what causes us to think the way we think so it's about what one fairly simple notion to grasp is that if you think of the way that darwin's view of the development of species is about 
how we adapt to our biological environment. The mm -hmm. spiral model is about how our thinking adapts to the life conditions that we uh, are living in uh, from a psychological point of view and how our changes over time develop the need for new adaptation because we continually change and that creates new conditions. So it's um, it, it doesn't relate directly to those kind of energy uh, system ways of, of working. I mean, there are some correlations, but it is very different at root. Right, right. Well, that is something that I will have to look a little bit deeper at. I know with a lot of counseling coaches and therapists, they are using, um, you know, intertwined um, knowledge from, you know, from the past and, and then showing it through, through their lens. And I know some of the work that's being presented in the spiritual realm of things is really, for instance, based upon Maslow's theory right and and so when you when you look at something it's always nice to go out there and see what else is kind of coming forward now i know that you spoke about the seven stages um the seven stage parenting can you speak a little bit further on on your book i had the pleasure of reading it and i really enjoyed it but uh yeah i thought maybe we'll bring that in well, I very um, very happy to to do that, and I'm glad you enjoyed it because I know you you know you have a family from which to relate to the experience that I'm talking about. And interesting that you include Maslow because the man who originally developed uh, the theory behind spiral dynamics was a close friend. Uh, he used to cover Maslow's. Uh, professorial duties when Maslow was unwell wow. so although spiral dynamics is is kind of different it it does come it certainly comes a lot closer to Maslow's uh view of the world than say to to Hawkins, Hawkins yeah but the the basic notion I mean given that none of us are taught to be parents and uh in my case, I feel that I wasn't actually a very successful parent, and I might say later why I think that was so. Uh, as I looked at what Spiral Dynamics has to say, I recognised that a lot of what shows up in adults or what we see in human evolution, it has its roots in how we develop as, uh, as children. Right. Because everything that we kind of um, everything that characterizes human thinking, it has some kind of natural root that we encounter and that we see in our children as they grow. So the notion of how to parent and how and, and of creating something that might feel a little bit like a user's manual for a child, for having a child was based in the idea that in a way it's kind of obvious that how you take care of a child when they are one year old or three years old is very different than what's being asked for you from for when they're 10 or 15 and we kind of navigate that as best we can 
but with no sense of guidance as to what has actually happened or mm -hmm. what is happening to the child and what the changes are and what kind of parent we are being asked to be during those different stages. And so the, the book lays out as kind of simply and concisely as I was able to the sense of what that journey is like and of the different roles that are being asked for from a parent as as your child changes and grows and as you interact uh, with with that growth process right right now yeah i'm just going to interject here because Please one do. of the questions that kind of jumps into mind at the stage for me is as much as you know we <clears throat> we as parents do look at the needs of the child and we also look at what is being asked of us and of course you're right we've never had any sort of formal training or development in unless you know you yourself go out there but then i i think that there's a lot to be said about so what about the parent side you know there's a lot of parents in my viewpoint that also need to go back and look at things prior to having children because there's a huge you know um question mark in in the parenting abilities i mean let's face it we can have a child most of us can have a child but then we ourselves in many ways are still children unable to look at ourselves and say you know what do i need to do in order to become more whole before i bring another being into this world so does the book or what 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 is your opinion on that well, I completely agree with what you've just said. And of course, you know, there's a huge amount and, and this comes up for me in my kind of my coaching practice and so on about how we develop as individuals and how we become more whole and more integrated. And the more people do of that before they become parents, the better. Yeah. But the reality is for, for most of us, we don't or we didn't do that. And we kind of, we suddenly find that we've made that life decision or had that life decision kind of thrust upon us by circumstance. Yes. And we start to muddle through. Mm -hmm. So in the book, I don't, I don't kind of teach people how to go through that developmental process for themselves because there's so many books out there which do focus on that kind of uh, development. Right. But having said that, I would hope that as people read the book and what it says about what the child is going through at any stage, it generates a reflection on, okay, what was that like for me? And how did my parents work with me? Or, you know, how <laughs> I, there's a lot that we bring through from our, our 
parents that we operate um, either in kind of unconscious uh, mirroring of, okay, how they did it was how I will do it, or equally conscious or unconscious uh, rejection and rebellion of kind of, oh, I really don't want to do to my children what they did to me. And so we kind of sit in that space. So there's an opportunity as you read through the book to look back and kind of get a little bit more conscious about, okay, how did they handle that? How do I want to handle that? And maybe to look at what even that might bring up for us emotionally, which might include um, kind of getting annoyed, or it might include um, getting to be more forgiving about what it was like for them, because we begin to see more of the problems that they were faced with, or even kind of what we as individuals um, kind of triggered in in them. And right. so it, it, is a, it is a potentially mutual journey. And it's one that you do alongside your child or you have the opportunity to do alongside your child. And of course, every child is different. There's no sense in, uh, in what I'm saying here that all children are the same because anyone who's had children or been around children is likely to have noticed that they kind of come in with an agenda of their own or with a a nature, a character of their own, and they are who they are. And so as a parent, you are also learning, okay, kind of who is this person that I'm uh, living with and what's that like? But what's in common is that whatever that character or whatever that nature, we all go through those stages of development because it's kind of built into our biology and it's built into what we need to discover as we uh, go through our early life. Right, right. And so your personal, you know, experience in creating this seven stage parenting book obviously came from learned experience would you want to touch upon that just so that parents out there understand that it's not just them alone. We all go through uh, different, um, you know, trials and, and, and challenges and really all those trials and challenges are an opportunity to become more aware and to fully experience and accept and see um, how you can move forward in life, living a whole life. And um, so what was your experience, John, that, you know, kind of set the tone for this book uh, coming forward? Well, I, I had uh, a, a set of different experiences with a, uh, a stepson and then two biological sons in two different marriages. Right. And so different people, different partnerships during the process. And equally, I've tried um, 
to base what I see not only on my own experience as a parent, but a lot of what I learned about what other uh, people had experienced uh, as I, I mean, I did a lot of personal growth stuff and I went through workshops where people would be talking about kind of this is what my life was like and this is what came up for me and how that, you know, how those events influenced me. So I had kind of that level of people's stories to uh, draw on and to integrate in how I saw the process. And then, of course, I've had you know, friends and colleagues and uh, their children uh, to observe. And so I've had lots of different ways of kind of double checking, okay, is what I experienced, how does that compare with what other people go through? How well does that match what I would expect to see or what the theory says right. is going to happen at these ages? And so I feel like I've built up, at least internally, quite a strong evidence base for, yeah, this is, you know, this is solid, this is reliable, this, uh, this works. Right, right. So, so you've had plenty of experience, not only personally, but you've had a number of other individuals. And so, so the spiral dynamics and the seven stage of parenting model does actually allow for a greater understanding and how to navigate this very, very important stage that uh, most of us have gone through, but maybe the listeners out there can actually go ahead and get a real handle. I'd love to share an offer before we get back to this episode. You can get a free meditation download and join our free monthly interactive virtual community gatherings where we discuss topics of interest to uplift, educate, and support each other in a safe, loving environment. Simply head over to salveawakener.com and join the community of like-minded, soul-driven, conscious creators that understand the changing times. Go ahead now to salvetheawakener.com. Now, if one were wanting to go ahead, John, to get a hold of this book, do you have a website? Do you have, where, where can one purchase the seven-stage parenting book? Well, it's uh, like um, most things these days. It's on um, a well-known Brazilian rainforest, and uh, it's there too. Um, you you can um, get that uh, both as a hardback as an and as an ebook, and then through my uh, website, which is www.accesstopossibility.net. Uh, there are links for uh, also getting hold of it as an audio book if people prefer that as many people do these days and there's lots of other material of mine that is available uh, through that site and I may, I may as well mention that uh, my other main website which is www.spiralfutures.com is also a place where anybody who gets interested in spiral dynamics itself and what that has to say and how to learn more about that 
that that's where they would find um, stuff about spiral dynamics and my articles that are in in that uh, kind of more in that subject as a kind of theoretical uh, discipline. Wonderful. Okay, and so now just moving forward, I know that. Um, you know, you had said that you're a curious generalist in an age of spe specialization. And you've written another book and it's called Reinventing Capitalism. And it's a book about future, the future of economic systems and groundbreaking science of possibility. Um, so let's discuss that. Um, generalist in an age of spe specialization. Um, let's touch on that. So <laughs> it's a real mouthful. It is a bit. Um, sorry about that. But no, it's all good. The, 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 the reality that I see in the world is that um, th there is a kind of push for uh, people to specialize more and more so that um, they kind of know more and more about less and less until they finally know everything about nothing. Oh, and I love that. Say that again now. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> they learn more and more about less and less until they finally know everything about nothing. <laughs> so true. Um, so true. Uh, and um, I, I've actually found that really difficult because it's absolutely not in my nature to to do that and it you know i'd probably have in a way had had um much more material success in my life if i'd been able to do that uh, more successfully but by nature um i'm somebody who kind of i i just want to know to explore all sorts of different avenues i've i was just brought up uh with that kind of mindset i mean the converse is that you uh if you're a, a generalist you know less and less about more and more until you finally know nothing about everything right so i i either has its kind of potential weaknesses but i like i i like exploring all these different areas so like you refer to reinventing capitalism i i got fascinating fascinated after particularly after the crash of 2008 as to kind of how how did we do that why did we do that and i was looking not only as kind of economists do for what's in the structures and what's in the systems but i was looking for what's in us and actually there's a lot in the book about um, how how we relate to money and how we uh, how our thinking about money generated the systems that are out there so you know our our fear of lack our fear of loss our desire to use money for control our desire to use money for power these are things which sit within our, within, within us as individuals and so what we see out in the world and the systems we've generated reflect a lot of who we have been or who we are 
and the evolution of that. And this is a particularly interesting time, of course, to be living in because there, aside from what I believe to be the continuing pressures on uh, economic systems that could easily lead to another kind of debt implosion and a, re a repeat of 2008, but worse. That's right. That's even, right. Yeah, even without that, what everybody knows is the tension that we are all existing in around what we do is not working. It's causing us to take short term uh, choices that damage the ecology. It's caused us to create all the things that, you know, have just been argued about again at COP26 uh, around climate change. And whatever you think about that, whatever views people individually hold about that, it's kind of impossible to be aware, to, to be unaware of the fact that there is a tension between how we choose to live and what is happening to the planet and that there is a lot for us to think about and a need for us to both reinvent ourselves and kind of reinvent the capitalist system so that it is capable of providing us with a healthy future. Well, that and and you know what I mean. Having been around to witness what happened in two thousand eight, I mean I know that your your book, Science of Possibility and Reinventing Capitalism, um, describes the nature of our relationship with consciousness, intuition, and spirituality. So, as much as it's a book it, which really do, uh, delves deep into the economic systems, uh, etc. Um, I think it, it allows for an individual to read this book and really open up to what's going on inside of each one of us. Um, I know just recently, we, you know, you look at uh, Bitcoin or crypto and, and, and China decided they, they didn't want to have it. You know, it's, uh, you can take that elsewhere, but we're not accepting it. So, I mean, you really do have to be careful in times like this when there's a lot of uncertainty, civil unrest in many parts of the world. I mean, as much as many people from the past generation would say, oh, you know what, civil unrest is just a part of a part of life, right, in certain parts of the world. But, you know, I, I'd like to think that we are moving forward, that we are evolving. And like you said, you know, your your. Um, curiosity may have been able to cover some of that. Um, I haven't had the pleasure of reading that book. I will certainly get my hands on it. I should say, I mean, they, they are two, I, I've maybe kind of slightly misled you in, in, in whatever, in the way I wrote, that they are two separate books. So Science okay. of Possibility is the one which is about kind of intuition and consciousness. Right. I mean, that they have a, that anybody who read both would, would find a lot in, in common because of the way that I think, and because both have a kind of underlying relationship with the nature of how human beings think and how that evolves. And so there's a, there is a kind of common thread mm -hmm. that relates back to spiral dynamics. And one of the things that spiral dynamics 
had to say. I mean, the, back in 1974, Claire Graves, the, the professor who originally came up with the, the model, was saying that there would come a point where we would, as a, uh, as a human collective, we would go through what he called a momentous leap, which is that there would be a major shift in how we all think because we would need to adapt to the conditions that we were generating and the kind of convergence of too many things happening and changing too fast and the number of different points of view that are represented on the planet and the way that those interact what some people might know as the as VUCA conditions volatile uncertain complex ambiguous all of that stuff is actually bringing us to a point where we are being called upon to adapt and so there's a particular stage in the spiral which represents that leap and which i certainly believe we are in the, the middle of and that you know 50 years ago that the prediction that was based on the theory is one of the things which shows how powerful the theory is because it's all kind of coming about in pretty much the way that was uh, indicated. And so what you've said about kind of what's being called forth from us right now goes straight into that space is that we are being challenged to adapt how we think and how we respond in order to be capable of uh, working with the conditions we are in and of course that also relates to parenting because we need to bring up our children to be better able than we are to deal with the turbulence and the chaos I mean, they have all sorts of things that will help them do that naturally. They, they're, you know, they're they're the ones who are sitting, uh, kind of managing complex computer games and and high high tech kind of scenarios that are put in front of them. That actually, in one sense, are modelling the complexity and where they have to react quickly and they have to integrate a lot of different stimuli all at once. So there's a lot that's going on that is also taking place in the kind of cognitive area as well as what you and I speak about which has to do with the, the development of, of consciousness in other ways. That's right exactly. Now I know that some of the uh, listeners out there are probably wondering if the idea was that you were asked to give for instance two um, two uh, takeaways that one can apply very easily um, to really come online with what's happening right now. Um, first, what we'll do is we'll ask you if you were, you know, under the gun to say um, seven stages, uh, seven stage parenting. What are two things that anyone can um, go ahead and apply without having to really put their hands on the book right away? And then, and then we'll do the same for reinventing capitalism and we'll do the same for science of possibility. Okay. So the, the first thing I think I would say about 
parenting and about what I learned uh, that is in the book is about the nature of, of being embodied and how much is present in the child kind of in, let's say, ages one to five, which is very much coming from their instinct rather than their intellect. And what I learned about how I was brought up and about how I mistakenly tried to bring my children up was that I was trying to teach them to be rational when that capability actually was not yet present inside of them. And that has all sorts of consequences that I could talk about for hours in terms of how that affects us and about the kind of the things that don't go ideally in our own journey and that when we go back through maybe a coaching journey that we have to unpick and unravel in order to liberate our own energy and a lot of that work is done at the level of uh, our embodied being rather than our thinking so that would be my first takeaway for the parenting process is don't expect your children to be rational before that starts to show up and it shows shows up quite slowly i mean it begins to develop around five or six but it's still developing six seven years later it's a very long slow process and then, um, and, and what about uh, reinventing capitalism? Okay, these are great questions. So reinventing capitalism, I would say uh, it is, a, it's about learning what it is that drives us in our economic uh, behavior. So what, what are the things that we don't think about where we're unconscious about our choices and why we make our choices and how much do we live in those aspects which I referred to like our fear of lack or the way that fear of lack can also drive us into a kind of compensating acquisitiveness and greed or the way in which we feel the need to control our world and we use money to do that, uh, to, to control the world or, to, or sometimes to control other people in our world. Uh, our relationship with, with power, uh, how, how do we see our own power or lack of it in the world? How do we get caught into imagining that money will give us power uh which i mean to some extent if if you have enough of it that there's certain ways in which it can do that but that can also be quite damaging and corrupting both to oneself and to others around us so you know that has its implications all of these things in our relationship with money kind of then relate to what shows up in our world and our um our prosperity thinking 
to use the That's kind right. of simply simplified phrase that many people will be uh, familiar with. Familiar with, exactly, exactly. And then coming down to science of possibility. So our, our true nature of relationship with consciousness, intuition, and spirituality, uh, take away from that. Okay. <laughs> Big bottom line for this one. Nearly all of us have been raised to think that the world is something which exists in matter, it's material, it's solid, and to think that whatever we have as our view of consciousness, that that is somehow something which arises out of the existence of matter. So it's something, consciousness is something that comes out of our, our minds and our brains. And even if we've had experiences, uh, as so many people have, which kind of challenge that notion, and there's a sense internally of Hang on, you know, I've I've had an in, I've I've had an intuitive experience which didn't come out of the material world, or I have a relationship with the divine, which I know in my heart and my gut is something other than that. But we're trapped, nevertheless, in this kind of scientific mindset and everything that has goes with it, which limits our ability to take on that sense of, oh, there's more to reality than that. And actually what science of possibility is about is that if you really understand science, particularly a lot of the science that's arisen in the last 30 or 40 years, what it makes, I think, absolutely clear is that consciousness is not something which emerges out of the material world, that actually is the driver of that world. So the way, the, the kind of laws of the universe are kind of how the universe thinks about itself. The, 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 the level of its information field, which governs how matter works. And because all of that, all of that is not only in the universe outside us, it's within us and it's within within the way that we are also generating kind of thoughts and information into the universe, it is what drives the possibility for us to use all the practices which people think of as kind of um, law of attraction or thought is creative or whatever. I mean, that is, that is a reality. But what is difficult about that reality is that it's often presented in a, a quite simplified way that doesn't really support our, um, our ability to truly work with the relationship between what is inside us and what is outside us in the world and to harmonize our flow and our consciousness with the bigger consciousness of the universe or the divine or you know, whatever you want to call that kind of God space. Right. Wow. 
Well, you know, John, we're, we're near the end of the program here, and um, I want to thank you, and I also want to thank all the listeners out there. And once again, if you need to get a hold of John, uh, and uh, that's John Freeman uh, from accesstopossibility.net. And uh, so do reach out to him. I have had the pleasure of reading the seven stage parenting wonderful book. And I will definitely be looking at the other two. And once again, John, thank you so, so much. And till next time. Thank you very much, Sal. It's been wonderful to be here. And thanks. Thank you for, for some really stimulating questions. Thank you all for joining us today by sharing your time, sharing your love, and most important, your energetic presence, your unique vibrational signature. What a gift and an honor to have you join us. Notice what has shifted or stood out for you today and know that you are a sacred being, a co-creator on an incredible soulful journey. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is released. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. The more reviews and shares we get, the more people we can reach. And you never know how an episode will shift someone's life. Once again, thanks so much for listening and have an incredible day.